Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1987 to look at the iconic action movie Robocop. So let's fire up the patrol car, let's have a look at the trailer and I will see you guys soon. We've got a volunteer, the body is on the way. All Detroit has a cancer. <laughs> cancer is crime. Turn the roll. As you know, we've entered into a contract with the city to run local law enforcement. We were able to save the left arm. What? I thought we agreed on total body prosthesis. Now lose the arm, okay? We get the best of both worlds. Onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. Hey, Lewis, it's Supercop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. What are they gonna do, replace us? Murphy, it's you. Go get him, boy. Thank you. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. You better back up, pal! Your move, creep. The future of law enforcement. Robocop. Thank you for your cooperation. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film is in a disotopic and crime-ridden Detroit. A terminally wounded cop returns to the force as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. It's got 102 minute runtime, it's an R-rated movie and it's classed as a action crime sci-fi. It was directed by Paul Verhoeven for $13 million and he is known for other films or action movie, uh, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Starship Troopers and The Hollow Man starring Kevin Bacon. So Paul Verhoeven has had a successful career in Hollywood with a nice catalogue of movies there, some uh, iconic movies, pretty much all of them. Um, and not to forget, you also got Rob Bottin uh, attached to this film, we did the magnificent special effects, and he is a legend, Rob Bottin, uh, you'll know him for his special effects on The Thing from 1982, which is iconic. He also played Captain Drake in The Fog, and he also went on to go and do Total Recall, so... He had a little bit of an unsteady alliance with Per Verhoeven on set. They didn't get on too well, but when they sat down and watched the picture and were at the screening with the red carpet and all that, they sat down together and went, we've actually created quite a good film here and they became good friends and that's why we wanted to go and make Total Recall. So a little bit of trivia there. Uh, it's backed by Orion Pictures. Now, when I think of Orion Pictures, this is me going back, this is RJ going back to the 80s with me, Box TV. I saw Orion Pictures come up on the screen to the TV and I'd go, I'm probably going to watch a good film here, because that was a time before internet and all that, before you knew what you was watching. And Orion Pictures had backed films like The Terminator, Excalibur, Rambo First Blood, Return of the Living Dead, Platoon. So you... You knew you was going to watch some gritty, iconic film, and they ran from 1978 to 1999, so for me they're a bit of a sort of cult iconic um, studio, same as Canon I suppose you could say. 
And let's have a look at who's in this movie. So obviously we've got Peter Weller who plays Murphy and he was in Buckery Banzai, another film, or oh, iconic crazy movie of the 80s. You've got Nancy Allen who plays Lewis and you may know her for her character in the Stephen King movie Carrie. Dan O'Hillary who plays the old man, that's all he's credited for in this film, just, just the old man. And he kind of goes under the radar. Um, he is, you may know this or you may not know this, he actually plays Grig in The Last Starfighter, the lovable alien who um, supports Alex Rogan. And he's also the bad guy in Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which has had a massive resurgence in the horror world. Uh, you've got Ronnie Cox, who plays Dick Jones, and you know him from Beverly Hills Cop and Deliverance. Uh, Kurtwood Smith, who does an amazing job as a bad guy in this film, as Clarence Bodica. And it's a bit of an unusual role for him, because he usually plays a sort of non-bad guy in other roles, and he does a pretty good uh, job of it in this, so I'll get back to that later on. And you've got... Um, Miguel Ferrer, who plays uh, Bob Morton, and uh, I think he was recently in the NCIS TV role. And just to mention there, so it's a late Bob um, Bob Morton, uh, late Miguel Ferrer. I think he passed away on us a couple of years ago, so it's quite sad. So that's um, that's some of the cast, just to name a few. So it's a pretty solid cast in this movie, uh, part of the building block, as I always say. And let's talk about that building block. Let's talk about how this film got put together. Uh, it wasn't quite as straightforward as you'd think for a film which is now iconic. And when we mention Robocop, it's kind of become a, a household name. So the idea for Robocop was actually kicking around in the early 80s. And there was two screenwriters called Edward Newmere and Michael Miner who had look at, looked at the film Blade Runner in 1981. And they came away and they thought... It'd be pretty cool we could make a film about a cop who is actually a robot um, who fights crime. Um, so they penned Robocop together and they tried to get it through a studio and the studios kept turning it away. Um, it went through every director's hands, uh, including David Cronenberg. Um, could you imagine David Cronenberg in this film? It would have been... It's body horror anyway, I think, Robocop. It probably would have taken it up a gear. So anyway, um, it landed in the hands of Paul Verhoeven. He took it home and his, his wife actually read the script and she said, this this has actually got a little bit more to it than just what people think as a Robocop as perhaps maybe a cheesy movie. And as it happens, the film actually goes into themes of media influence, greed, privatisation, capitalism, identity, uh, diceotopia and the human nature. So his wife noticed that this film had a little bit more to it than just a sci-fi action movie, which the final project that does actually um, explore all those uh, themes I just mentioned there. So Paul Hoven um, got interested in the script. He went to a studio and he went to Orion Pictures. And because they had the success of The Terminator, they said, sci-fi seems to be the thing at the moment, so we will greenlight this. So it eventually... Um, got put together and as a result of that it made best fit picture of uh, 1987 spawning the franchise of a couple of sequels uh, tv series uh, video games comic book adaptions uh, crossovers it's always had a they've always talked about a crossover with terminator versus robocop it, 
I don't know whether that would be any good or not. It'd probably be like the Alien versus Predator. Um, I won't go into that, but it's always that sort of idea that you think might be a good idea. And um, I think I mentioned it made $50 million at the box office, so Robocop became a success. And today it's still uh, a household name. People who mention Robocop, it's relatable. And uh, it's currently in the uh, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken advert at the moment. There's Robocop um, making an appearance in that. So it did well. It did very well. And there were also a few other casting choices here. Uh, aside from uh, Peter Weller, who does an incredible job. I couldn't think of anybody else that could do Robocop now. And that was uh, Michael Ironside and Rutger Hewitt. Could you imagine them two as Robocop? I don't really see that myself i could probably see them as the clarence bodica character because those two are both badass but they they were sort of in line for the role but it, it didn't turn out that way so um so there you go there's a couple of our casting choices there and whilst i'm talking about all this stuff you know me you know my trivia and all that sort of stuff i cannot help myself there's some trivia here for this guys quite a lot of it actually so to start with, it's quite a funny story here. It's actually, uh, this is for real. This is actual robbery suspect. So in 1987, he ran into the cinema um, trying to evade the police. And he was so engrossed by the uh, Robocop on the screen that he actually sat down and watched the rest of the movie right until the end. And when the lights came on, all the police were there waiting for him. He got nicked. So <laughs> it's quite a funny story. Um, there's actually a 12-foot Robocop statue in production for Detroit. Um, I don't know whether that's true or not i don't know if someone from detroit might be able to help me out if you're listening and what else we got we got um so when peter weather was uh, wearing this suit he lost three pound a day in body sweat so that's to create an air conditioned unit for inside the suit pretty clever um i mentioned that it's been direct uh, rejected by hollywood directors several times the special effects all the computer special effects on here was actually created by the commodore amiga uh, the actual suit cost a million dollars. It's uh, one of the most expensive special effects at the time. And Paul Verhoeven actually uh, credits James Cameron for this film. He actually says that um, I would not be able to make this film if it wasn't for James Cameron because of the success of Terminator and Orion. That's the reason why Orion pictures uh, greenlit this film. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool when directors get on like that in Hollywood. I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time. And before I go into the review of the this movie, I thought I'd mention the actual adverts uh, that come up in Robocop. They're so funny. You've got that Nukem game show. That's it, you invaded my country. Boom. It's just <laughs> so funny. And you've got some sort of uh, sunblock 50,000. You've got this woman covering herself and all this like blue sunblock. And you've got the car act advert, the... 6000 SUX so there's there's moments in this film where it gets really violent I mean it gets big time violent but then there's moments where you have these little releases of comedy so the two work quite well together and um, I think that's what makes this film more sort of iconic and stand out from other movies which were kicking around at that time so let's have a look at this film then guys let's do a rj mccready bite-sized review on robocop so it is a future of detroit it's a dysotopian future for detroit and they're on the verge of collapse due to financial management and the crime rate has gone up through the roof and the only way the city can deal with this is through the omni consumer products and they're actually a 
company that want to rebuild the city and they made a deal with the police force to say that if we run the police force and help you guys out with our technology it would be an exchange to rebuild the rundown um, sections of the city so you've got Dick Jones and Bob Morton and they're both uh, guys who work for the company and both have uh, different ideas for this law enforcement idea with Dick Jones with the ED 209 and ED 209 comes into the boardroom it's pretty cool it's some uh, stop motion animation and you get that classic scene and we were all talking about this at school at the time where ED 209 comes in one of the executives picks up a gun and points it at Ed and Ed goes you have 10 seconds to comply, 5 seconds to comply and Dick Jones is going oh no I'm trying to work this out and then Ed blows the hell out of this executive big time just blows him apart and it's it's a bad scene but it's a funny scene because someone comes out and says someone go and get a paramedic and it's like yeah as if uh, a paramedic you know all, all the best will in the world this guy ain't surviving that and to Dick Jones's anger, Bob Morton gets the upper hand now to create Robocop. You're then introduced to Alex Murphy, who is our main protagonist in this film, and he has just recently transferred to the Detroit police, who are having a really hard time trying to keep um, a cap on the crime in the city. And he's partnered up with Anne Lewis, and on their first assignment they're in pursuit of a notorious robbery uh, gang with Clarence Bodica and he comes out with that classic scene where they're in pursuit can you fly Bobby and then that's where the body goes onto the screen and causes all sorts of havoc so Murphy and Lewis they pursue them into a hideout into a warehouse and they split up and they try to look for the gang Lewis gets knocked out by the gang members whilst Murphy suffers a more ill fate where he gets uh, surrounded by the gang and shot to pieces um, with shotguns, machine guns, a whole lot. His uh, arms and legs get blown off and he gets shot in the head and left for dead. And this scene right here actually created a little bit of cinema trauma for a lot of people when I talk about this film. So then uh, the OCP claims Murphy's body on a secret or top secret cyborg program and they turn him into Robocop and his three primary directives are to serve the public, protect the innocent and uphold the law. To where he is then released onto the streets where he um, creates an efficient campaign to fight crime where he takes on a gang of rapists, a robbery guy and then he starts to create some media influence here he becomes like a public figure and there's a funny scene here where he's on camera and he's like talking into the camera saying be good you know <laughs> it's just all sort of tongue-in-cheek humor but whilst um, Robocop is upholding the law and he's on this efficient campaign he starts to have flashbacks and his memory starts to remember scenes from his past life including his death which gives him nightmares and then whilst he's on patrol, he comes across one of Clarence Bodica's um, men called Emil. And this activates his uh, death memory and he realises that uh, it's him and Clarence Bodica actually killed him. And he starts looking through the crime database and everything starts to, to become clear and apparent. And he now goes on a mission to locate these guys. And then whilst all this is happening, this running through feud between Dick Jones and Bob Morton... Um, Jones uh, hires Bodica to murder Bob Morton. It's quite a, quite a horrific scene, actually. He blows both his kneecaps off and leaves him there for dead with a, I think it's like a grenade or something in his mouth, and he blows up and he gets killed. 
And then whilst all this is happening, Robocop is at a cocaine factory with uh, Clarence Bodica and he's sorting out all his men. He's giving them a proper sort out. You get a really good uh, scene here with uh, gunfights. And he pretty much wipes out Bodica's empire here and he arrests Bodica. And it's pretty pretty gruesome scene here because he sort of spits on Robocop and you've got all the blood sort of going down his visor. And this is where Robocop finds out that Dick Jones has employed uh, Clarence Bodica to kill um, Bob Morton. So Robocop has uh, uncovered Dick Jones's nasty little enterprise here. So he goes to the um, OCP tower to arrest Dick Jones and he confronts him about the murder of Bob Morton and Dick Jones admits this to him. But as he admits this he activates Directive 4 which protects him from being arrested and he's now released the Ed 209 units onto Robocop and this is where Robocop gets pretty slaughtered by these Ed 209 units, he gets shot up and uh, he tries to escape but he's been battered and almost killed uh, to a point you could say. And Dick Jones has told all the other police that Robocop has gone rogue and they now try to ambush him. Uh, Robocop escapes to the garage and he finds Lewis who helps him out and they escape to an abandoned steel mill to help repair himself. And because uh, all the other police think that Robocop has gone rogue and the problems with Ed 209 and the OCP, Detroit has now gone into chaos, the police have gone into strike. And to make things worse, Dick Jones has released Bodica and his gang, or the remaining gang members, and he's armed them up with some pretty powerful weapons, a powerful shotgun that can blow up vehicles and stuff like that. And he's also given them a tracking device for Robocop, so now Bodica and his men are tracking Robocop at the steel mill. And this is where you get the final shootout between Robocop and his men, and this is where you get that classic scene where one of um, Bodica's men, he drives into a toxic waste container and he comes out all melting and he says help me and all that it's a classic scene I remember this when I was at school the kids were talking about this scene and he goes up to one of the other gang members and the other guy yeah get away from me man like that and then he gets um he gets run over and taken out so it's, a, it's an iconic scene for Robocop it's one of the uh, one of the memorable scenes some uh, great special effects there and then Robocop has his final confrontation with Bodica, gives him a good old punch up and then with the instalment spike that he uses for his um, data computer, it's pretty pretty badass actually, just, it just comes out of his arm, just slots it straight through his face and he kills him. So he's taken Bodica out, he's taken out all his gang members and now he goes back to the OCP to, to sort out Dick Jones. And you get a pretty cool scene here where he takes on one of the uh, Ed 209 units with uh, Clarence Bodica's... Um, shotgun and then he goes into a board meeting and then he reveals the directive for recording of dick jones's confession and then jones grabs a gun and he takes on the uh, the old man the ocp chairman takes him as hostage and then the old man very cleverly fires dick jones and then this makes the directive floor irrelevant it shuts down the whole system and then this gives the opportunity for Robocop to shoot him through the head and he goes crashing through the window and then you get a scene where he uh, falls to his death and then you get the old man he comes out and goes well done son that was some nice shooting what's your name and then uh, Robocop walks out and he turns around and he goes Murphy and then that's it and that's where the film ends you've got the closing credits to that uh, classic Robocop score. And I forgot to mention the uh, film composer because that's a classic, uh, it's a brilliant soundtrack to uh, this film and that was by Basil 
Polodorius. He's a Greek American composer and also did the soundtrack to Conan the Barbarian. So you might hear the sort of same tones to that. But there you go. That's the film. That's uh, that is Robocop, guys. 1987, classic, iconic. Um, deserves its place in one of the iconic characters from the 80s, you know, next to the Terminator, John McClane, Rambo, all those types of characters. So, um, And as a roundup for this film, it's just a good film. It's a gritty film. It runs at a pace. There's no point we're on board with this film. Um, like I say, it hits all the right points. The action's good. Um, there's a hell of a lot of violence in this movie when it ramps up. Um, like I say, special effects are great. And, and it still holds up today, I think. I think Robocop still holds up um, as an iconic 80s movie. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. I will be back soon for another episode. And I thought, whilst I'm kicking around in the mid-80s, I thought I'd go and review Aliens next, um, the James Cameron classic sci-fi movie. So I'll be looking forward to doing that one. So look out for that one next. Um, and as always, guys, I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So please go and check out all the other shows there. There's some great shows kicking around. And um, you can find the show on YouTube and iTunes. And I've also got a Facebook page. So um, if you want to go and check that out, there's a whole, whole lot going on there. Some uh, great people that uh, contribute to the page. So um, thanks, guys. Thanks for all your support and stuff like that. So um, there you go, guys. Um, I'll be wrapping the show up. Keep it bite-sized. Keep it safe. And I'll see you guys soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.